Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. I believe God shows up in a big way when we pray. And I don't ever take prayer lightly. And, and I believe that God's going to do something here special. And just, if you can, men, lift your hands up. Father, you see these men here today, and I thank you for each one. Lord, I know most of them, and I know them pretty well, and I believe that they really do serve you. Their hearts are after the things of God. Today, I pray a special anointing on them, Lord, to get us to the finish line. I pray for the, for the guidance that they give their families, that you'd give them wisdom, even the wisdom of Solomon, Lord. That you would direct them, Holy Spirit, in ways that maybe they're facing some challenges and they're not sure which way to go, right? Left, straight, whatever. Or even to turn around, Lord. I pray they would know that without a shadow of a doubt, what you want them to do. And Lord, I pray that you would draw them ever closer to you. Most important, that their relationship with you would be strong. And Lord, that you would bless these men beyond measure as they father their families, as they love their wives. Lord, we commit these men of God into your hands, in Jesus' name. And Lord, now we ask that you would anoint this message, which is toward the men of God. Yes. Lord, we ask that you would just give people the ears to hear and eyes to see what you want them to see. We dedicate and commit this whole service into your hands, Father God, for you truly are the Father of all of us. We love you, and we thank you for everything you're going to do here, and we pray this again in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. you. Now you can sit down if you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got one thing to share before we get started. Just one thing? Just right this minute that's come to oh, my mind. Oh, you're going to have more to share. I'm sure. When we first started almost 15 years ago in July, when Pastor Norm would do a sermon and would have an altar call, I'd go up to pray and the Holy Spirit would stop me and say, oh no, I, and I don't, it's not in scripture, but he'd say, I want you to stand behind everybody and I want you to guard the altar. So I would stand back and I would just pray that anybody that was at the altar, the enemy could not get near them, that they could receive everything they needed. And I've done that for years. And this morning, God showed me a picture. You know when you plug in your cell phone and you see that little charger bar go do 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 All of a sudden, God said, you know where the line is? It's way past town. You guard this community. You're past just guarding the altar now. The altar's expanding. He's expanding our fence posts. And God said, man, you guard it good. And Miss Peggy, who isn't in here, she joined me years ago. And that's where you get this, we call it the whoosh. This is the whoosh. This was guarding the altar. And it's been so powerful for me. But you know, when that happened this morning, I saw that little bar go, the Holy Spirit go, do 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 And I'm like, yes. Did it make that noise? You know, I think it did. <laughs> Isn't God cool? You know, if he can name my, my altar, guarding the altar, the whoosh, he can do the do 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 right? Amen? So I want you guys want to though. join me in guarding this community, binding the enemy and saying, uh-uh, you can't have them. They're going to come to Mount Hope Church, and they're going to get saved, they're going to get filled, and they're going to be out there winning souls for Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. We've got to get excited. We have to get excited? Yes, we do. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> Isn't he the greatest? <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> you hit me there one more time. Okay. Might wake me up. <laughs> wake up. Uh, we do have a special Father's Day message today, and it is geared toward the dads, but I want you to understand, maybe you're sitting there going, well, that's not, that's not me. Well, you can take what we're saying and apply it to you, Amen. So, well, when they hear the message, that will apply to them. Amen. So yeah. Everybody's got a part. That's right. Right. Well, when we were praying about Hold this. It. Are we part, on the right side? Yeah, we are. I thought I was over no, here. No, think about it. It's over here. 
If we're laying down, I'm on this Wait, side. Wait, turn this way because our bed's this way. Okay. Is that See? right? No, yep. this is yep. right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Is everything's are, backwards. Are you good now? I are think, you ready I to think go? So. Okay. All right. Audrey, you might have to take them out. If I nod the head, you come get them, okay? Uh, <laughs> it's one of those days, isn't it? It's going to awesome? be. Awesome. <laughs> All right, I'll get started. Men are designed to be intense spiritual creatures with God to carry out specific tasks. They're designed to go after God's own heart and to love others just as God first loved them. That was a command to love. This includes loving their wives, their children, their neighbors with an unconditional love of Christ. So today we want to challenge all of our men to consider the role that God gave you to carry out. We don't believe for a minute that any of you are selfish like what you see, the bumbling idiots, thank you, the bumbling idiots that on television as they try to portray fathers and men these days. That's not you. That's not you. We believe in our men. We want to challenge everyone here today to consider your perception of modern men, especially those you are close to. Amen. Here's the beautiful part. When men engage in what they truly were designed to do in the first place, they in turn feel invigorated and empowered, able to carry out even greater things than anyone thought possible. However, when men aren't challenged to reach higher, they do just that. They don't. This country was built upon this precept. Somebody believed that the men of this great country could do about anything, and they went out and did it. Amen? They even reached higher. They, they sought after God more, and they even gave their lives for their families when necessary. But there's one ingredient that is required if we want our men to succeed. I don't know if it's ego or just a lack of self-esteem. But I know, that even for myself, that unless somebody pushes me, I usually don't do a whole lot. Can I get an amen? I'm not amening. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> well, you're a big part of this, and they'll hear that in just a minute. But we need to be challenged. And listen, young men, you need your parents to challenge you. You know, and I know our boys love it when we, come on now. Do this, do that. They're like, you just leave me alone. <laughs> I know there are men in this room today who aren't where you need to be spiritually. All right? And, and what I'm trying to say to you today is listen to this message because God has another plan for you. Your expectations, and I'm speaking to the families, your expectations of the man in the house, the father figure, are usually what drive that man to greatness. If you don't have any expectations, don't say amen, because you, you might be giving it up. We need you to push us. We need you to believe in us. And the idea behind today's message is that we men do our best when our families are right behind us going, come on, you can do it, you can do it. Brian, do you agree? You know what I'm saying? Has Colleen helped you in this at all? I know she has. She's pushed you a long way. Just like she's pushed me. And you know what? By admitting that, I think that's being humble. Because a lot of men would say, well, nobody makes me do what I got to do. Ooh. <laughs> Look out, man. That stool's about to get knocked out from under you. And it starts, parents, with you encouraging your children, your young men. If you're always beating them up, what are they going to turn into? A beat-up adult. But if you encourage them to, to become the man that God has challenged them to be, they'll get there much quicker, and they'll be much stronger when they reach that adulthood. We need not just our, our moms and dads, but our, even our brothers and sisters. How many have brothers and sisters in this room? We need each other. 
you know, when I was growing up, I had four brothers, three brothers and a sister. And I'm telling you, we kept each other in line most of the time. And if I got off track, I'd get a biffing from my brother because he was five years older and he could whoop me. <laughs> if my younger brother did something stupid, he'd get a biffing from me. All right? And that's just how it was. My sister tried doing that once. I don't recommend that. She made me go to bed early. She was babysitting. She wanted time with her boyfriend. And, and I wasn't having anything of it. I was like, I think I was 10 years old. And, and I'm not trying to paint a picture too much here, but I ripped her blouse off in the process. And she never asked me to go to bed early after that. Because she realized I was becoming a young man. But what I'm saying is we need each other. You guys need each other to keep each other accountable. But let's encourage the men in our lives and let's help them to become the very best we can be. And finally, last but not least, we need our children to say, Dad, I love you, man. Thanks for being. I got four messages from my boys today and, and ah, they all said the same thing or pretty much. Thank you for being our dad. Thank you for challenging us and making us into the young men that we are. And that just blesses my socks off. But it wasn't always that way. You know, when we were first saved, I felt a, a strong desire to serve God and to minister in the church. And we did that for a season. Then a little over a year later, after I had become born again, my, my faith petered out. It just kind of came to an end almost. And I found myself questioning my own faith. Anybody else ever fall into that? It's not a fun place to be. I started questioning my own integrity. Was I being a hypocrite? Was I a failure? How many have, have actually faced this kind of conversation with yourself? I felt I had lost the drive to follow Christ, and I wasn't sure that I was ever going to recover. That's where I was at. And during that dark time in my life, and, and listen, I believe today that it was Satan working out. He wanted our family to be destroyed, and he tried to do it through me, the dad. And he knew that if he took me out, he'd take out all the rest of my family, and I'm certain that my boys would not be in church today had he succeeded in that. Amen. And I thank God that today they're back there serving my son's in Onaway serving, and my other son is in Holt serving the Lord today. But here's the thing. This woman continually pressed on me, challenged me to be faithful. Not to walk away from the Lord, but to get right with Him. And God bless her as she tried to convince me of how important it was that I get to church that next Sunday. Because God has a message for us, not just once every month or once every year, but He has a message for us weekly, if not daily. And then she said, if not for you, do it for your boys. And by this time we had, th did we have? Two, three. <laughs> three. We had three boys and, and another one was in the oven. King Solomon understood the dilemma I found in my, my own life. And he put it like this in Proverbs 20 and 7, and I've got it up behind us. The godly man, the godly, I'm sorry, walk with integrity. And this last part, blessed are their children who follow them. The godly walk with integrity, blessed are their children who follow them. I don't know about you, but this question rolled around in my head almost daily. Would my boys be blessed if they did what I was telling them to do or the way I led my life? Would they be blessed or not? I really struggled with that answer. And I didn't know what to say to the Lord. When on occasion Barb was able to persuade me to get out of bed and actually go to church with her and with the boys, it never seemed to fail that the preacher would be pointed right at me. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I would sit there and I would think, God, really? Why should I subject myself to this kind of conviction? If I just stayed home, I'd feel fine this morning. But right now, I'm feeling really guilty. <laughs> guilty, guilty as charged. You know what? I needed that conviction. You need that conviction. If something's not right, and you know this, man, if something's not right, God's going to let you know that. If he doesn't discipline you, you're not his. If he loves you, he's going to discipline you, not just for your sake, but for that of the children that are going to follow in your legacy. You have such a responsibility. I have such a responsibility, and we cannot take this lightly. But I'd like to also add that Barb was also very gentle with me. What? Can you Believe say that it again? Or not, <laughs> She really was gentle, and yet she was cunningly persuasive. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. She's a smart girl. And the last part of this, I knew she was praying, and I think that brought more conviction than anything, because I know God answers prayer. How many of you are Amen. praying for somebody right now to come back to the Lord? Maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your husband, maybe it's one of your children, don't give up. It works. Amen. God hears the prayers of you ladies, and he answers those prayers. He knows how the family's supposed to be set up, and he wants you to be strong, and that means that the dad has to be strong as well. She loved me almost to a fault, and she never gave up on me. And the thing that I want you, you gals to understand today you have to believe in your man. Amen. You have to believe in him. Because if you don't believe in him, who's going to? And I knew she believed in me. And I didn't think I deserved it. But I knew she did. And, and trust me, that really, that, that, that put something in my tank that I didn't <laughs> have. And it allowed me to go on to that next level. I will admit, I bucked my responsibility as a husband, as a father, for over two years. But eventually, those prayers and her just tenacity, not giving up on me, finally brought me back to the place where I saw God had a plan for me. God loves me. Amen. And he wanted me to be something better. He wanted me to be a man of God. Hallelujah. It's never too late to turn to the Lord. You might be here today and maybe you've blown it for 60, 70 years. You know what? To God, time is not all that important. Amen. What is, is that you make that choice today. Amen. Today's your day. Amen. 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 You know, fear debilitates, but faith invigorates. Sometimes men just need a little pep talk to remind them who they are in Christ. <laughs> the worries of life can set all of us up for failure. Amen. And even it will begin to sap our strength, and that's when it seems to go downhill fast. Have you ever heard the saying, thrown under the bus? Once a believer starts feeling the weight of that bus on top of him or her, it's hard to get back up. 2 Timothy 1 starts out with a letter from Paul to Timothy. And Paul, you have to realize, was in prison in horrible conditions and he longed fellowship with believers or someone close to him. And the first one that came to his mind was Timothy, a young man who must, at this point, seeing everything falling apart, must have questioned what was he doing with this Jesus thing. In turn, his spiritual dad, Paul, writes him letters impressing on this young man how he had a genuine faith, not a counterfeit or a hypocritical faith, but the real thing, that kind of faith. And just like Paul did with Timothy, we need to encourage others. We need to be the ones that help people from wavering or feeling drained. They don't need another lecture. Amen. They need to know you're behind them. And sometimes when your man isn't where he ought to be with the Lord, the Holy Spirit 
leads us to fast and pray. Nothing moves the hand of God more than fasting and praying. Amen? How many love to fast? Nobody's hands going up. <laughs> I like the after effects of fasting. Yeah. But I just want to share what happened during this time with Pastor Norm. We were young. We had just gotten saved. I didn't know anything. And honestly, I struggled. What he was talking about, I called it the yo-yo factor. One week I was like, all right, I'm going to pray him into church. I want him there. And I'd get there, and I'd be looking back over my shoulder every five minutes waiting for Pastor Norm just to come through the doors, and he wouldn't come. And the next week, I'd go the total opposite. Well, fine, if he's not going to get saved, if he's not going to go to God, I don't want to be with God either. I might as well just go to hell with him. I mean, honestly, that's how I felt. But I didn't, still went to church. I didn't want a relationship if he wasn't going to be in it. That's horrible thinking. You have to realize I was young. But by the time I prayed it through, I knew I needed to go. I needed God more than I could coax him into coming. And when I would do these kind of things, nothing happened. But when I'd get totally frustrated and say, okay, God, he's yours. I give up. God would start moving. Amen. They call it the yo-yo effect, or I do. You just, you're, going, you're trying to do it yourself when you just need to let it go and give it to God. And when I did that, he audibly said to me, I want you to pray. And it was in January. It was like the 4th, 5th, and 6th. I'm like, what? What's that? So I think I went and I said, what is fasting? And so someone shared with me. I said, okay, I'd never been able to go a whole day without eating. But I thought, you know, if this helps get my husband saved, I'm going to do it, by golly. And I was pumped. I was doing so good the first day I got through. I had two more days to go. The second day I got through, and I was fixing dinner for the boys. Troy was in the high chair, and I was making them hot dogs. And my best friend, Jeanette, called. We started talking about God and started about talking. Without even thinking, I popped a hot dog in my mouth. Day and a half into fasting, I stopped horrified. And I was like, Jeanette, I just ate a hot dog. No, it's not going to get saved now. And I was busted out bawling. I was so upset. I was repenting. God, forgive me, forgive me. That night... Norm came home. He worked afternoon shift. And even though I screwed up and I didn't even do it the way God told me to, Norm walked in the door that night and said, Barb, God talked to me on the way home. I got to change. So if you're trying really, really, really hard and you feel like you're screwing up, don't worry about it. God takes care of it all. As long as your heart is pure before him and you're really believing and encouraging. That was one of the hardest trials I've gone through. But when God did it, God did it. And Norm hasn't looked back since. Amen? It was God who taught me how to encourage others. And he can also teach you. Don't underestimate the power of prayer when it comes to your husband not serving the Lord. Learn to let God do his work. Don't do the yo-yo. But know that you also have a part that requires you to stay in the fight. I couldn't just say, I'm out of it. I still needed to pray and I still needed to be his warrior. Deuteronomy 20, 1 through 4 says, When you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and an army greater than your own, don't be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you. When you prepare for battle, the priest must come forward to speak to the troops. He will say to them, listen to me, all you men of Israel. Do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them, for the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give you the victory. That's good news. Amen. Ladies, (laughs) like the priest who was praying over the army, Did you notice where he was? He was right on the battle line with them. You're on the battle line with your your husband, your whoever you're praying for, and you need to do your part and be an encouragement and trust in the Lord and not 
fear modern enemies. Amen. Say this with me. God is with us. Amen. Say it again. God, God is, is with us. us. Victory, Victory is, is ours. ours. Amen. And I can't tell you as a man how blessed I am to know that she supports me and is praying for me. I'm not in this alone. You know, when you're all by yourself, and there are many single people in this room today, and listen, I know it's not easy. I mean, you still, you, you have God. That's the most important thing. But it's so much easier when you have a spouse who supports you. And I love this woman, and, and I don't think I'd be here today were it not for her. That doesn't mean I wouldn't be saved, but certainly I wouldn't be pastoring this church because I would have given up a long time ago. But I come home, and I, I have my woes, and she goes, now it'll be okay. <laughs> and then it's all better. You know how that is, right, men? Pat me on the head. You just ah, need to put a little Lecrae on and rock it out, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> One of the things that men face is fear. And when fear gets its tentacles on a man, or any Christian for that matter, it's debilitating. We succumb to the, the devil easier as we weaken to the temptations that surround us, and we become to the spiritual side. We become numb to the spiritual side of things. I believe this is probably what Timothy was facing. He was really questioning the call on his life. Then Paul gave Timothy the, the pep talk that we're going to read here in just a minute. He shared his perspective of what Timothy was going through. And sometimes we need to hear that from those who are closest to us. Look, it isn't as bad as you think it is. Sometimes we need to hear that from our family. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. I remember, Paul said, your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Now realize these are two ladies that must have helped parent Timothy. And I know, Paul said, that same faith continues strong in you. Verse 6, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Let's look at this briefly. First, Paul reminds Timothy that he had a genuine faith, at least at one time. There has to be some kind of life change. You have to be born again, men. If you haven't taken that step already, take that step of faith. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Get right with Him and start going to Him with your cares and your concerns and your prayers, etc. Second, Paul reminds Timothy that he still has that faith within him. But Timothy needed to see that. He needed to take hold of it. Paul could speak to him all day long. Timothy, you're full of faith, you're full of faith, you're full of faith. But until Timothy finally agrees and grabs hold of it, he's not the man God wants him to be. Third, Paul shows Timothy that it's his responsibility, not his mom's, not his wife's, not his spiritual father's, but it's Timothy's responsibility to fan that faith into flames again. The man is expected to do his part. And what I see happen so often today is that men kind of let this go and they expect everybody else to do it for them. But Paul was telling Timothy, you need, you thought this is just because I'm a blowhard. You need to get the bellows out. Ooh, it smells like smoke. Have you ever used one of these? That little coal, as long as there's something left, 
the smallest little orange glow. You get this thing out. I knew Pastor Norm was a blowhard. <laughs> Eventually, that little coal begins to turn orange, then red, then all of a sudden, Amen. That's what we're talking about here today. Fan the flame. Fan the flames. Get your spiritual bellows out. And that means simply to pray, to get on your knees. If need be, fast and pray. What, men have to do that too? Oh, yeah. Not just the women? Oh, no. <laughs> Read the letters of Paul. Read the letters of Jesus. The Gospels. What does he talk about? Sometimes these things only come out by prayer and fasting. Man, that's our responsibility. You won't die, usually. <laughs> I always say this. If you're taking a ton of medicine, talk to your doctor about this. Because you don't want to, like your sugar, some of you guys, your sugar's so whacked out that Talk to your doctor before you <laughs> fast. You might have to fast TV or whatever. What? <laughs> Hallelujah. What happened? Did I do that? You're good. You're right there. Oh. Gotcha. I'm right there. <laughs> God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and of self-discipline. Men, when you are so afraid that you can barely move, how many have ever been there? I've been through experiences as a dad, as a husband, that I was so afraid I could barely move. Like Satan himself was standing over me and he was about ready to stab me. That's not a good place to be. Sometimes the only thing that you can do, the only thing that will come out of your mouth is the Jesus. name Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. 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 And listen, you start confessing the name of Jesus wherever you're at, what's the devil going to do? He's going to run. The closer, the closer you are to Jesus, the further away the devil's going to be from you. Keep that in mind as you go through all this. Hallelujah. When you get this in your spirit and you really believe it, what can't we do when we're doing it for God? What family wouldn't be stronger if only the men would find that God-given faith that is within them and begin to fan it into flames? Amen. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul told the Corinthian church, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and unmovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Be strong and immovable. And these first three, <clears throat> there's a song that used to kind of shout out the names of Christ or and this is what it reminded me. Our culture shouldn't move us. Our fears shouldn't stop us. And our lack of faith shouldn't hold us back. Amen? Amen. Woo! We are living for God. Then whatever we do will have victory. Amen? You kind of skipped over that fun part. Can we get a good grunt from you men who agree? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let me say this one more time because to me when I was reading through this, it just hit me. Our culture shouldn't move us. Our fears shouldn't stop us. Our lack of faith should never hold us back. Amen? Romans 8, 37 through 39 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. 
It never says we aren't going to have circumstances. It never says we aren't going to have trouble. What it says is he's there to walk right beside you, whatever you're going through. And if you feel like God has abandoned you, that's you. God is always there waiting for you to cry out to him. And whatever you do, do it enthusiastically for the Lord. For whatever you do for the Lord will never be useless. Be a better employee. Serve better at your church. Be a better father, grandfather, friend. Whatever you're doing, give it all to God. But there's three things in our life we've gone by since we've gotten saved. And it's an order that you need to have. Number one, you need to put God first in your life no matter what. Number two, your family. And then number three is the church. If you have any of those things out of order, you're out of line. God needs to come first with you. He needs to be first in your life over your child, over your spouse. Anything that is more important than God you're going to fall. You're going to be unbalanced. We need to keep this proper order in our lives or our loyalties will become unbalanced. What good is it when you win hundreds at church but lose your son or daughter in the process? What good is it if you become a millionaire but lose your relationship with God? Amen. I suspect this is stepping on a few toes, but that's all right, right? We need to be challenged, man. And ladies and young people, we need to be challenged. Pastor Barb ran across this article by Dr. Ben Carson, and you guys, you know him, right? Ran for president this last time. Very godly man, uh, loves the Lord, and, and he had some great advice for us. And listen, this may or may not pertain to you, but if it does, take heed. Change some things in your life, and, and here it is. To a company, you are just an employee. The day you resign, your work cubicle or your pickup truck or whatever it is that you do for a living will be replaced. Your absence missed for a day and then the company forgets you. They went on to make their money for they need to and they have no time to grieve because of the expectations they have to fulfill. Occasionally, they make mistakes, and it may come with a price you have to pay. This is why, my friends, do not mix work with family. Do not take your work home. Cast your family aside and forget about giving time to your children. Because in their hearts, you are never replaced. Because when you are gone, every day you will be missed. If anything happens to you, it will be your family and friends crying like crazy for you. Because to them, even though you are just one person, you are their world. So reset your priorities. Be a good worker, but be a better father, mother, friend, daughter, son. End of quote. I think that's really good advice. I don't know what caused Timothy to question who he was in Christ. But I wonder, and, and I'm just throwing this out, I wonder if it might have been the comparison trap. We all fall into this. Someone's doing something better than you, and you think in your mind, I could never be that person. And then you start to say to yourself, you convince yourself, why bother? Why bother? Look how good a dad that dude is, man. He should be dad of the year. And here I am over here, lowly little Norm. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> and I need that. But you know what? Dads, there are things that only you can do. Amen. And this is especially true when it comes to being a hero for your family and for your friends. You don't have to be Thor. <laughs> you only have to be who God made you to be. Now, I don't usually go to the actors for quotes, but I saw this one, actor Ben Platt, 
recently said something that I thought was profound at the Tony Awards. And I've never seen, I don't even know what movies this guy's been in, but listen to this. Don't waste time trying to be like anybody but yourself because the things that make you strange are the things that make you powerful. <laughs> Jeff, put that on your refrigerator. You are the man. We all need to realize this. Amen. We may not be that, that outgoing, transparent dad that everybody else wants for a dad, but you've got exactly the right mix. As strange as you are, you're still the person God put with your family to father your children, to be the husband to your wife. And Amen. Amen. No matter how weird you are, you're just the right person for the job. That's good news. You are who you are and who God made you to be. Don't discount what the Lord can do through you. Give Him that opportunity to work in you. Put your best foot forward. Begin to fan the flames like we've been talking about. Fan the flames of faith so that God can begin to do miracles in your family and in your own life. As we begin to close, yes, we really are going to close. It's never too late to get back in the fight. Life is a fight. I don't care who you are in this room, life is a fight. And you got to be ready to duke it out for your family, for yourself, for your faith, for your grandkids, if you have grandkids. You might be sitting here and maybe you'd say, well, I just don't have the right stuff to be a powerful man of God. <laughs> That's stinking thinking. That's not God speaking to you. Amen. That's fear. That's the enemy because he wants to get you to a place where you, real, where you don't realize the power that you have as a child of God. If he can get you to that place, you've already lost. But I don't believe God expects for any of us to lose. He expects you and me to win this fight in our families and in our communities. You have all the right stuff. It's already in you, assuming that you're already born again. How many men could say amen? Let me ask you, did God make a mistake with any of you? No. God doesn't make mistakes. I'm thankful for that, because I used to wonder that. Really? You called this man to do what? And then I began to see it's not about me. It's about him. It's about Jesus in me. The Holy Spirit lives in this temple. So fan the flames that are within. Pursue God and believe that the God who is within you, the God, the God, the Holy Spirit, is more than able to conquer your enemies, just as we read. Would you stand with us? I don't think this is out of place, but what we're asking you men today is take a stand for your faith. Take a stand for your faith. I want to challenge you to get back in the fight. Maybe you're already there. Maybe you've been in the battle all this time. God bless you. Keep it up. But maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, Pastor Barb, you know what? <laughs> I can't say that. I think I've allowed fear, I've allowed comparison, I've allowed all these other things to keep me from being the man of God who God's challenging me to be. And I would ask, with everybody's head bowed, eyes closed, just for a minute, if that's you, would you lift your hand up so we can see it? Yeah. Hands going up. Thank you. Put them down. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I just want to close with this. We're going to pray here in just a minute, but I want to ask this question 
Is there anyone here today that you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life? And that's got to be your first step. Is If you want to be a man of God, you've got to become born again. No one is going to go to heaven that is not first born again. You must be born of the Spirit in order to get into heaven. So, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not ready. I want you to pray with me. I want to be that person that's born again. I want to start fresh. Would you lift your hand up quickly so I can see it? Hands. Anybody? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. If you're a dad, would you come forward so we can pray over you? And if you could be a dad or are going to be a dad, would you come forward so we can pray over you? In other words, if you're a young man, (laughs) if you didn't figure out that little twist. Because just like Paul saw the faith in Timothy, I see it in you guys. Chances are good that you will become a father somewhere down the road if you're not already. We just want to pray for you. We want God to give you all that you need. And let's face it, Brian, can you go through this life without Jesus? Without the power of the Holy Spirit? No, we need him to be a success. And God said he'll go before us. He'll win the battle over our enemies. How many have enemies? You know, not your family. All right? We're, we're talking spiritually here. And the devil pops up in all kinds of places in our life, whatever that may be, and you know what it is. So as we pray here today, I just want you to reflect on who's your enemy. And then I want you to start thinking, God, you said you would take my enemies out. You would go before me. And that's what I want you to see. I want want you to see God taking charge over whatever it is that you're facing that's holding you back today, all right? Are you with me? All right. If you can, lift your hands up, men. And saints behind, please, what Pastor Barb said, would you please join us? Pray that that hedge of protection around these men. This is our future right here. Till Jesus comes back, these men are leading us, and we need them to lead well. We need them to be men of God. Amen? Lord, I thank you for every man, young and old, those who are already fathers, those who will be at some point in the future. Lord, we pray just a supernatural anointing on them today that you would infuse into them all that they need, Lord, from the very fiber, from the bottoms of their feet to the top of their heads, that they would be supercharged with the atomic power of Jesus, the supernatural glory of God, that you would infect them, Lord, throughout their bodies, that they would be walking temples of the Holy Spirit and where they go where their shadow goes over someone that's sick they will be healed that people will be drawn to them Lord and they'll say what must I do to be saved not because of them but because of the God the living God who lives in them Lord we pray for breakthroughs in these men we pray that you would challenge them to become the men of God that you call them to be And at the same time, Lord, that they would be encouraged in their spirit, even right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, supernaturally release that into their lives, what they need to be encouraged. And Lord, that those enemies right now, just think about your enemies. Lord, those enemies right now are being defeated in the name of Jesus by the power of God. And we thank you for that victory. We begin even now to walk in that victory even before it's manifested. And Lord, I pray that you would put a new love in these men, a love for you first, then a love for their families that they've not had before, and then a love for the church, Lord, that you have called to disciple all nations. God, build these men as only you can, we pray in the name of Jesus. And we give you all the glory, we give you all the praise for everything that's going to happen through this church through these men of God. Keep us now, Lord. Keep us strong. Keep us connected to you until you return for your church. 
We pray this all in the strong name of Jesus, the Son of God. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Jesus. I did not know how this was going to end today. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Man, I'm feeling it. Fan, flan, fan in the flames. We got the whoosh going. Whoosh. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We really do love you. Sometimes you may think all we do is beat up on you, but we're not. It's really coming from our hearts. And what I see here today, and I see it in the, in, in the supernatural, is hev heaven is being declared, hell is shaken. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That Chargers just keeps going up. Do -do 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 -do. <laughs> Do -do -do -do. Amen. All right. Praise I, God. I'm going to ask if our intercessors could come forward. If you have any prayer needs, anything. They'll be up here for you. We're going to officially dismiss. Why don't you give each other a hug on the neck there because you're men of God. And then you, you can go back to your seats or not. Father God, we just, why don't you close, would you? I did all that part. Let's, I'll let you do this. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the men, the fathers, the people, the mighty men of God in this room. Lord, just as we go out today, give favor. As those that go to work on that roof, keep them safe, get it done quickly, and do it awesomely, and bless this church. And God, again, we just ask you to be with us and be able to go out into the world and draw more people and bring them back this next week. Give everything they need and have them go out there and do it. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.